0: It's a big episode of the Challenge USA. I know we're going to have some hot takes (laughs) about the finale of this episode. I'm John Chitley-Hill.
1: And I am Sheldon Alexander, who is uh, checking to make sure that the mics and everything are plugged in after we already started recording, because, you know, that's just how we do on this pod.
0: It's a very busy day for the co-hosts of You Killed It. Part of a busy weekend in Toronto as well. Uh, but first, mm-hmm. I have I have to get to something that's important. I took a lot of heat from something I said. Actually, two things I said last episode. The first I is Alice remember. K. Womack says that she's listening to uh, the second episode of the pod, and she is so outraged by something I said. Uh, so she had a comment for the first time. She can say with absolute authority that they do not pronounce... B-U-O-Y, as boy in the United States. And I have to say, Alice is right. I got reversed. The British say boy. Americans say buoy. Okay. That's my okay. bad. I am so sorry. The other thing that we have to address mm-hmm. is only one person came after us for our Stranger Things and Game of Thrones takes. And okay. that was that both Stranger Things and Game of Thrones are trash, which is uh, just an absolutely scorching (laughs) hot take to say that two shows that are... uh, Sorry, it was Mauricio that said that. I had to look it up. Mauricio said Stranger Things and Game of Thrones suck. Um, Damn. Which is just a scorching hot take i asked him what shows does he recommend then he says that he likes the boys okay which uh if i can get real down and nerdy um the original comic book that the boys is based off of is so bad like it is one of <laughs> the worst comic books i've ever read it is absolutely horrible never read it like okay. do not it is so bad. And that's why I've never watched it, because I'm just like, I can't, I can't get past the source material. No, Mauricio that... also says he'll avoid any Disney Plus shows. I'm sorry, Mauricio. There's a lot of good stuff on Disney Plus. I assume he means like Disney Plus original series, which I have to point out, neither Stranger Things nor Game of Thrones is. Mm-hmm. But like... The Simpsons is on Disney plus and always sunny in Philadelphia and like any number of other good shows across a variety of genres. So that's a pretty broad brush that our guy Mauricio is painting with here. I will say, I assume he means like original series. So like that means all the Marvel shows, stuff like that.
1: Yeah. We did get some positive comments about the, or some, you know, maybe constructive comments as uh again this is also a reminder to make sure that you like and subscribe wherever you're listening to said pod you know hit us with a like that's how you support the movement that is this so you killed it pod uh wherever you're listening to this or watching this just take a second and hit the like button or rate us review us all that fun stuff and of course send in your comments because we want to hear from you and uh On YouTube, I got a comment here saying, uh, as a fan of both Stranger Things and GOT, I got to agree with John. The four seasons of ST are so much more better than the eight seasons of Game of Thrones. Uh, Then Eyeball commented on that uh, and said, I had to stop my view to comment. If Stranger Things sticks with the landing with this fifth and final season, I would argue it's much better overall than Game of Thrones. It's an entertaining story, good soundtrack, uh, consistently high quality, and for sure the best child acting since The Sixth Sense. Uh, Game of Thrones is not a bad show. It's good, and it's without a doubt top 50 dramas of television. But not only did they not stick to landing, they broke both of their ankles. Breaking Bad is a better show than both. And from what I know of Shelley here, I think you'd really enjoy Breaking Bad a lot more than Stranger Things. Uh, Also, thank you for your explaining of the six. Speaking of hoodies, where's my you killed it high quality hoodie? (laughs) There's a lot there in that comment. And yes, I know there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes here that we're working on. Uh, Do do you want to respond to that or...
0: I mean, I don't need to respond with someone that is very correct about a lot of things. <laughs> I've never seen Breaking Bad. I was gonna say, me. did you
1: even did you even continue listening after the "I agree with John" part, or no? Was that enough no, for you? I just,
0: I just had the Vanga Boys automatically start going in my head. <laughs> wow! Wow! I, <laughs> I have actually, on the note of music, I have to say, Lucas Wyatt tweeted at us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says he doesn't know if anyone has told us, but there is an uncensored version of the Challenge USA on Paramount Plus. Mm. Mainly the bleeps are unbleeped, but he finds it's a better version to watch. The mm. problem is Paramount Plus in Canada does not carry the Challenge USA. Yeah. I mean, we've discussed. I'm going to let that I mean, one go. Um, I mean, we could maybe use a VPN. No, um, there's,
1: yeah, we, we can just, yeah, that, that's, we're going to get is. bogged down on that part for a sec. So I would try to keep moving because I want to get to a couple more comments here. Tursco sure. uh, says, don't sleep on Ben. He won his season and came in fifth on the all winter season. I think he'll go oh. further than Tyson. He may oh. work with Sarah again and take a shot at Tyson like what they did the last time. I like that. And Stuart says Tasha was not dominant on either of her seasons of Survivor. A lot of her wins were in larger tribal challenges where you can hide slash play to your strengths. Plus, the hunger and sleep deprivation is an equalizer for competition. Mm -hmm. Very good points as things we were talking about last week. Um, Yeah, I mean, what do you... At this point right now, right? Because we're about to break down episode four. Mm -hmm. What's What's your feel of this season this show just because i'm asking now because i feel like you kind of get the vibes at this point you know you're starting to get to know who's who, starting to get a feel for the games and the dynamics between the players
0: we're definitely in the sweet spot of any challenge season i know i say this all the time (laughs) but the two episodes before any final kind of sucks because an alliance is basically triumph more often than not. You're sort of sick of the people. Mm-hmm. They, like, the intensity of the interactions is lesser. But this is the sweet spot yeah. where there's still a lot of people in the house, a lot of drama. There's still a lot of, like, uh, political competition. And we're certainly going to talk about that this episode. Yeah. And uh yeah and you're totally right we are getting a feel for the household and i mean i like to nerd out on the different political strategies that people take Mm -hmm. but we are seeing people's strategies start to form and some are good some are bad you know
1: (laughs) well we'll Um, we'll definitely get to that in a sec but i mean i
0: do have sorry i do have one last reader comment that i wanted to read out because it's It's honestly, it's a credit to you, Sheldon. Diane Ring says that she loved last week's You Killed It, specifically the deep dive into how TV works. Oh. For example, how watching four hours of Big Brother isn't insane. She also says she's so glad that we're back, but I gotta give you all the credit for that, Sheldon. You're the one with the insight into television. I'm just winging it. I'm just tossing out debatable pop culture hot takes.
1: No, I just but... consume too much TV. That's all. <laughs> to consume too much content. That's all.
0: I don't know about that. Um, I do think though, that yes, we are in the sweet spot of the challenge USA and like of any challenge season, like around episode three, episode four is where things start to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, we should get into it because I'm, I'm interested to talk about a lot of what's going on. Um I
1: want to ask awesome. you about the algorithm off the hop. The teams start getting made here. And what teams, if any, stuck out to you the most? Cause I realized like, for me, there's still way too many teams. So it's not like I'm right off the bat trying to be like, Oh, this and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. But I will say for me early on, I was like, Oh, Kyland and Melissa.
0: Mm-hmm. I wanted to
1: see how this was going to play out because obviously they discussed the beef from big brother. But other than that, mm-hmm. like, did anything really stand out to you?
0: Yeah. Uh, Kayla being paired with Tyson, I thought, oh, nice. Like, Kayla's getting a week to relax. Because mm-hmm. Amazing Race, in hindsight, largely because of James, as a group, <laughs> I mean, there's a pair now, has has just, like, kept catching strays. Yeah. So it was nice to see, not that she'd get a week off, but that, you know, she got to... Um, you know hang out a bit I also was intrigued by Kylan and Alyssa and something that I picked up on Mm -hmm. was that Alyssa says yeah like sure Kylan and I were on the same uh season of Big Brother and like we were sort of in an alliance because like he was a part of the cookout and Alyssa was friends with Xavier who as it turns out was the leader of the cookout arguably the leader of the cookout Alyssa's like yeah but I didn't really like Kylan and I was like that's interesting that is the second woman from Big Brother to say I didn't really like Kylan and I'm starting to wonder who likes Kylan
1: <laughs> I'm gonna start with Kylan which would be my first guess
0: Short list. Um,
1: I don't know I feel like I thought it was an interesting team and it's really weird right because we'll get there but I really thought that they played this wrong (laughs) and that's pretty funny because I'm wrong. But before we get to all that, I'm paying attention to how the the game is viewed by the competitors, meaning there's a lot of debate each and every week about who's getting partnered with the love Island girls. And yet it's not like they're doing bad. (laughs) That's a, that's a funny part to me. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's not like they're costing whoever their partner is or, you know, playing this like terrible game, sending them into eliminations and losing. Like, even if they got to the eliminations, they're still doing work. Like, it just seems like a funny thing to me that so much focuses on the Love Island girls where last week when it was your man's Dom, he was the one that was struggling. And if you go yeah. to this week, it was David was the one. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's just pretty funny how the algorithm goes and how, you know, where the focus is set in terms of who's partnered with who.
0: I'm so glad you said that because I think one of the interesting things about the challenge and also reality TV shows in general is that when you're a cast member, when you're a competitor, perception is reality Mm -hmm. to a large degree. And a lot of people get their perceptions wrong within the house. Right. And exactly to your point, the the Love Island girls have not done badly at all. Mm -hmm. Like they, they're not really exposed as, as being lacking in any sort of way. And at the same time, uh, people sort of talk themselves into being really intimidated by some people. Yeah. Or like we saw it earlier on with Tiffany where everyone's like, oh, she has every guy in the house, like on her side. That wasn't the case. We mm-hmm. saw several men be like, yeah, go ahead, vote her in. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, there's these sort of, Uh, misconceptions about what's going on. And, like, that's one of the interesting things about these shows that I think they've, early on, like, we're talking Big Brother seasons one and two and three, that they're really focused on, and it's especially, I think, prevalent in Big Brother is the isolation and the lack of perspective Mm -hmm. and, like, uh, outside input makes people overthink things and miss what's right in front of them and like unfortunately I think basically everyone on earth has experienced isolation now for lengthy periods of time and like understands how much you can mess with your brain and like on the one hand you know people are navigating COVID how they see fit now but like there's I certainly know people that would have a hard time being in a house with like 30 some odd people over 20, Mm -hmm. like they'd be freaked out by that crowd. Yeah. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of overstimulation and like, you've got no outside voices, like no one outside of the challenge competition speaking to you aside from sort of TJ. And so you're all just bouncing off of each other and like, getting the wrong idea about things and then confirming each other's wrong impressions. Mm -hmm. And we're really starting to see that this season. Uh, And like, it's fascinating, like in some respects, I think the people that do the best on these shows, not just the challenge, but Survivor and Big Brother, any of these shows where you're isolated and cut off from the rest of the world, the people that do the best are the ones that can, if not maintain their perspective, then maintain their focus and not lose sight of the end goal.
1: Well, I think speaking of focus and discussing what the end goal was, I think we got to focus in on Alyssa and Alyssa early on saying that she wants to go at Shan and X. And, you know, you talked about focus and end goal. It's very interesting theme here because Alyssa's focus and end goal. I don't even know if it's to win. I think it's more so just to get revenge on X and I thought leading up to this, and even Kylan says at one point during this episode that he thought Alyssa and Xavier were good, but it turns out that's not the case. And, you know, just a little recap, Xavier, one big brother, as you mentioned, and, you know, they, you know, just to catch people up in case you're jumping in late here, you know, they had the cookout, the cookout were a bunch of people got together within the house. They had a secret alliance, but then they each had a partner on the outside that was unaware of the real alliance, but the other partner kind of was the pawn. So Derek and Alyssa are really who's good. And it's not X and Alyssa who are good. I thought, you know, first off, great play by the cookout just to even execute that and have that run and hit so deep that Alyssa is still salty about it even after, right, heading into another game. But also, if you add into the fact that Kylan, who is also a member of the cookout, he also is salty at Xavier, because obviously once you get down to just the members of the cookout, you got to make some shady plays. And that's what happens. The biggest problem here for Xavier, correct me if I'm wrong, is that he's partnered with Shan. And I think Shan was doing a lot of talking early that it made it kind of easy to now have the target. You know, it's like the world's colliding, you know, it's like Kanye and Kim getting together for lack of a better analogy, but this is just going to blow up, right? Like there's no way that this is going to work properly. There's just too much smoke, right? There's too yeah. much just surrounding both of them. And so once they became partnered, it's just a major target on their back and the rest of the house is looking at them like, okay, if they don't win, We're going to try to throw them out. I want to say this to you, though, because I wrote this down at this point in my notes. I thought that they were doing too much, like Shan and Xavier doing too much, but also I thought that Alyssa would be doing too much by trying to target them, but I don't know.
0: I agree with both of those things. I was struck where by... You know, it's sort of become the format of the show that it leads off with TJ going over his perfect algorithm, which actually I really like how each episode picks up like mm-hmm. 30 seconds after the last one left off, mm-hmm. uh, and then after that, they're back in the house and you see the partners sort of talking about the, the partners we're going to focus on for the episode, talking about what they're bringing to the table and the, I just felt the conversation between Shan and Xavier to your point, they were doing too much. They are both like, sort of performing for each other. Like, gassing each other up. Yep. And you know, like, it was funny. Like, Shan was talking to Xavier about, like, what she brings to the table and how great he is. And you can see, just like, because of how they're sitting, you can see his feet. And his feet were like wiggling and bouncing and shaking. And like, I don't know Xavier that well. I don't know if that's typical behavior, but like in my head, Mm -hmm. I was thinking judging purely by his body language, he's not buying this.
1: Oh,
0: right. Because like, if you are engaged with someone and like really focused on what they're saying you're less likely to be twitchy and like bouncing and like moving around
1: interesting interesting okay okay. and the
0: fact that he was so he was sort of like stretched out on the couch and she was sitting cross-legged on i guess a table which Mm -hmm. i don't love don't love people sitting on tables but um his feet were kind of out of her line of sight because he was stretched out she was facing like his torso and his head yeah. So I, I was sort of like, this is like maybe an interesting tell, like put it this way. If you were playing poker with someone, Sheldon, and suddenly their leg starts bouncing a lot, like you're going to like at the very least read that as something has happened. Yeah. Like maybe not that they're excited, but they're anxious. Like something is affecting them. No, and Totally. he was bouncing his leg a lot. So I just, that whole interaction and like, I don't know. It's entirely possible that the producers put them all up to it's not just Shannon and Xavier, but put them all up to having like, all right, y'all have to do your your like new Paris conversations, <laughs> you know, like well, that's, that's entirely possible.
1: It's also just funny how, like, Xavier, like, you're right. They're talking to each other. They're bringing each other up. And I just love how Xavier was like, you know, but I'm past big brother. Like, everyone's still mad at me or whatever, but I'm past it. And it's like, of course you're past it. You won, <laughs>
0: right? Like <Yeah. laughs>
1: What are you expecting? Everyone else just be like, ah, oh, you know, congrats to him. We're still friends, even though you lied to me.
0: That's also, in fairness to both Kylan and Alyssa, who I'm going to pile on later this episode. But Mm -hmm. in fairness to them, being like, I'm past that, is the wrong energy to bring if you're Xavier. Like, you mm -hmm. don't get to determine when the hurt that you have done stops affecting people. Fair. And like, hey, I get where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. Not only, of course he's past it, to your point, he's rich, but... But also, like, I do understand that his attitude is probably at least like, hey, we're on a, we're on a TV show where you are encouraged to backstab people. In fact, yeah. it's arguably impossible to win Big Brother without backstabbing people. Agreed. So, like, I can understand him having the attitude justifying his behavior and justifying where he is the at now emotionally by saying, well, it's sort of the name of the game, guys. right like i do appreciate where he's coming from but from a strategic standpoint that's not the energy to bring when you are back in a house that has voting (laughs) with the people that you previously screwed like the move is definitely like come with individual apologies and like also understand that these people aren't going to trust you for a while and that to rebuild trust is going to be a months, if not years long journey like mm-hmm. you know wrong energy Xavier who I actually like I don't dislike Xavier I feel like we didn't get to know him that well no but I don't dislike him I got I've got I'm neutral on him.
1: how about yeah. that no, I got you. I got you. I totally know what you mean. Because how this ended, I was definitely like, whoa, okay. I wasn't expecting that to come out, which we'll get to, obviously. Yeah. But uh, you mentioned the name of the game. The name of this game was called Fallen Off the Knowledge. Which TJ didn't even really like the name of that. Because yeah. anytime you have to explain the joke, first off, not a good sign. And then he made sure to make it known. I didn't write that.
0: <laughs> which... and in fairness to him. Like it's, it's clear that it's, it's a joke written by someone who doesn't have to say the joke out loud. (laughs) Yes. You know what I mean? And as someone (laughs)
1: who's had that job, I totally get it. Like, I mean, writing it for someone else and you're like selling it to them and you're kind of like, listen, I know this is cheesy, but what do you think (laughs) about blank? Like it's a tough spot to be in first off, but. I, I would also say towards the end of the old show I used to work on, I would just be like, if you think it sucks, just say it. Like that's still content. Do you know what I mean? Like that's still part of the bit throwing, making the producer, right. Or whoever you're throwing under the bus, the punchline. Right. And, and it's fun. Like we're all in it together. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Um, I just love how TJ is giddy. Mm-hmm. That's trivia time.
1: Yeah. I I know you enjoy trivia as well.
0: Buddy, I love it.
1: What did you think of this this challenge though? Like the way like I mean in terms of the trivia questions because I mean there's nothing there's no like in-depth breakdown. They're like 250 feet above the ground. You get asked questions, you get the question wrong. You drop 150 feet, three rounds. There's gonna be then a winner's round and a loser's round. As we know, loser automatically ends up in elimination. winner you win some money, you get to advance to the, you're eligible for the final. Um, but yeah, trivia questions, which one stood out to you the most here? Or do you want to go through round by round and start at round one and say just which trivia questions stood out to you the most?
0: I oh, well, just off the hop, I want to say, so like, obviously this is like a challenge tradition to have the trivia, you get it wrong, you fall, TJ laughs happens every season it's always great always a lot of fun mm-hmm. but the format of the questions I didn't love because mm-hmm. typically it's a like a direct question to a to like the person or the pair that is on mm-hmm. the line but this time it is a group question that was multiple choice and like in fairness to some of them it's like, if you were the last to go, like when there are like four groups or four pairs up there, mm-hmm. and you're the fourth pair to get to answer the question. Like, the question gets significantly harder as the obvious ones are eliminated. Yeah. And, like, I mean, hey, it's it, it, no skin off my nose. Like, I don't, I don't have, like, I didn't find I had a particular horse in this race, mm-hmm. but I was also like, oh, that kind of sucks that, yeah. like, you might have had an answer lined up for the question and someone else said it. Um, I think the one that I enjoyed the most was actually the question that I liked. Uh, that was like right off the hop was naming uh, countries that speak Spanish. Okay. Because are they not in Argentina? And I did not hear anyone say Argentina.
1: I thought i did maybe or maybe that was for another question i don't oh no you know what you're right it was for another question about um, the currency i think that's what the other question was yeah yeah
0: Yeah, they got into pesos with the currency well also
1: spain it's not like spain was the first thing that someone said either
0: right well and that's the beauty of like the stress that they're under again Mm -hmm. they overthink things oh yeah and like we saw a couple people get tripped up but I know I'd, I would
1: be overthinking things. Standing on that ledge, I'd be so rattled. You could ask me my name, and I might get that wrong.
0: That the key is you can't overthink it. You just gotta go with whatever your gut answer is. First, also
1: too, yeah. also too though, an important part is the dy- dynamic between you and your partner. Like, what yeah. is the level of trust? Which in a lot of instances, there's not gonna be a lot of trust because you don't know the person really. So it's like your confidence level in yourself. Right. And it's like, I'm not really confident. You go. (laughs) I thought that was really interesting. Um, But yeah, round one. No, I was was just going to say so round one, Dom and Angela end up winning round two, uh, which I thought was super funny because uh, Tyson, this is not my line of the episode, but it is one of the lines of the episode. Tyson, who is I still stand by this. I feel like my guy is super weird. And I know people keep telling me that he's that dude, but every episode, it feels like there's something that my guy does or says, I'm just kind of like, what does that even mean, bro? And in this episode, he says, quote, he's talking about his partner, Kayla, 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 right? He says, if I lined up the entire household for trivia, every time I'm taking Kayla, she's good at stuff. She's got the look. She's got that some wisdom in that face. What does that even mean?
0: Imagine thinking, I mean, first of all, borderline eugenics to be like, I can look at a person's face and know how intelligent they are. Like not a great stance to take. (laughs) Second of all, are you not speaking to people in the household, Tyson? Like, are you not like having conversations with people about their favorite movies or TV shows? Like... You can, you can get a sense of someone's general knowledge base. Like at this point, they're like, have been in the house for two weeks. Is he just going on hold like- on, hold, on, hold, on, on, hold on,
1: hold on, hold on, hold on. You're, you're going way too deep into something that is just an irrational comment, period. She's good at stuff. She's got the look. She's got some wisdom in that face. What? We're talking about trivia, bro. Where the first, the first question was about like, uh name the actresses to play Catwoman. <laughs> like what
0: are you talking
1: about? It's
0: just I, so strange, man. We have to we have to talk about the Catwoman
1: well scene.
0: Yeah. Because there's so much to unpack here. Yeah. There first is first of all. Your man's Leo. Leo and his thing with cats. I mean, we skipped over it, but I'm gonna just backtrack when they got paired up together. Mm-hmm. desi says of her new partner leo which is my borderline line of the episode it's not the line of the episode but suppose he goes she goes we haven't seen leo excel anywhere and in every conversation he compares himself to a cat let's hope he lands on his feet which by the way just off the hop just a great clip but also shout out to desi making a better cat related pun than Leo has made about cats all season. Second of all, Leo, please get a personality. Like cats can't be your only thing, especially when your name is Leo. Like that's such a rough look. And I love that he like flipped out when the question was announced, like name an actress that has played the role of Catwoman. Mm -hmm. And he's like, starts freaking out and excited because it's talking about cats and TJ shoots him a look of pure disgust. Like if TJ could have slapped the button and sent them falling, he would have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was so strange. And even on that question, just to continue this whole thing here. So Derek and Sarah lose. Yeah. I think they guessed like Scarlett Johansson. Mm -hmm. Derek had no idea. Mm -hmm. And then Sarah says that she thought Derek was really smart, but he isn't that smart. And my question to you is, is someone not smart because they're not familiar with actresses who have played Catwoman? Like, is that really a fair judge of someone's intelligence?
0: (laughs) It's it's not. And like, here's the thing, though, like knowledge is different than intelligence, right? Like you can memorize the encyclopedia. You, you, you.
1: Mr. John Shidley Hill, right there. See, that's what, okay. Go on. Sorry, I interrupted.
0: Like intelligence is your capacity to like problem solve and like stuff like that, like to develop skills to learn. Mm-hmm. I think Derek is intelligent. I think Derek is smart. He does apparently lack in pop culture knowledge. Yeah. Right? And that's fine. Where I take umbrage with Derek, who I like, Okay. But when Derek gets mad, it's like, who watches Batman? Bro, literally everyone has watched <laughs> Batman. Like, you cannot be, like, dismissive and be like, "Oh, this niche character Batman. And then he later references Dragon Ball Z. I'm sorry. <laughs> Batman is so much more popular than Dragon Ball Z. Like, you, it's, listen, I'm not saying everyone has to watch Batman. I'm just saying you can't suggest that it's somehow niche or not popular or like not like an easy question. Like, come on. That's on you, Derek. That's not on Batman.
1: I'm going to get my Stephen A. Smith here. I'm going to get my Stephen A. Smith on here and say that it is a complete and utter travesty that nobody mentioned Halle Berry. How is that possible? That is Boy. preposterous, ludicrous, absolutely <laughs> insane that we're talking about Catwoman and we nobody brought up Halle Berry? What? What are we in doing the, here? What are we even this, doing
0: here? In the spirit of Carabana, let us point out that Eartha Kitt, Zendaya, and Halle Berry have all played Catwoman. Just saying. Well played. Well played. But yeah, See, I, I, I don't know. Here's here's my problem. I would have been too wound up and like mm-hmm. too excited to go for deep cuts and I would have fucked myself up. Like on a lot of these questions, I immediately was like, what would be like the most obscure answer I can get? Because I would have smart myself in that way. Like I would have said earth a kit, and then TJ would have been like, oh she was only like on the TV show, and then I'd be like, "What about Batman '66, the movie?" And then, like, I would have, I would have debated <laughs> it. I would have, and not just with this question, like this, the question about like uh, countries that speak Spanish. I would have gone yeah, yeah, like yeah. deeper cuts, yeah, like uh, like smaller Caribbean nations. Were or you,
1: whatever. were you offended as a Canadian that no one brought up the Canadian dollar when talking about currency?
0: Yes, it was, and I'm glad you said that. We <laughs> even said. The top eight. He was respe- specifically referring to the G eight. He didn't use the phrase G eight, but that's what he was driving at.
1: Mm-hmm. <sighs> Interesting, right? Interesting. Um, Cache is an actor. Did we know that?
0: We did not know that. Okay. I did not know that. I did not. I know will that. say though, Cache had my line of the episode. <laughs> okay. Just a subtle, subtle bit during the first round, she wasn't participating, she was watching and she just sort of like looks around and says to no one in particular, people are at like brunch right now, which was such <laughs> the perfect <laughs> way to express, like, what are we doing with our lives? It's like a, it's a Sunday morning, I gather, maybe Saturday morning. Sure. And we're answering trivia questions and falling off a building <laughs> in Argentina. That really made me laugh. That made me like Caché more.
1: She's been dropping some good one-liners the last few episodes, right? So got to give her that for sure. Got to give her that.
0: There's two other questions that I really want to focus on, and then we'll talk about the winners. Yeah. And their strategy, or lack thereof. The first (laughs) is naming all the first 10 presidents. Okay. Of the United States Mm -hmm. I would be able to name four maybe five same and the the only reason why I could be able to name one that's like not the first three Mm -hmm. which would obviously George Washington Thomas Jefferson and John Adams is on Seinfeld Kramer gets beat up by the Van Buren boys And accidentally throws up their gang sign, which is the number eight. (laughs) That's pretty good.
1: That's pretty good. So
0: that's the only way I would have been able to come up with Martin Van Buren. I think John Quincy Adams was also in the 10. I'd have to look that up. I'd have to look that up.
1: But but here's the thing that is definitely one where I'd be scrambling right? Like I'm super nervous. I'm like, uh, 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 uh. that one tough. would definitely be tough. Um, The one that wasn't really tough or I thought was kind of strange was, was it cash A? Yeah. Cash lose, losing on uh, the top 10 sports, like yeah. most popular sports around the world and like boxing. I was kind of like, Okay, that's kind of a stretch. Thought that was weird, but again, that one went pretty long, so it was, you know, you're kind of reaching at that point. So I get it. But let's be honest here: we are Canadians. So name. I
0: knew we were going to talk about this question. We have, we have to,
1: right? Name an NHL team to win the Stanley Cup. Like, super easy. I, I get that Americans don't care about hockey. Totally do. But basically, if you just started naming NHL teams that you know, at least that should be a start. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, you should be able to just name NHL teams just by wherever you might be, you know, situated in the United States of America, right? Just through osmosis, you should be able to name NHL teams. But very quickly i mean sarah got the the uh, chicago blackhawks right away and then danny says pittsburgh the pittsburgh team (laughs) and he has no idea and tj follows up and he's just like okay well what's what's the team name and he's like uh pirates are baseball right and they think they're done and normally i would think you know because i'm always looking for the conspiracy theory so normally i would think oh he's faking it but he genuinely had no idea and just randomly throws out uh, penguins. I don't know. <laughs> and the way that they cut it was perfect. As Kyle and Turkey's like, did he actually say penguins? Like he got it right. I thought, that, I thought that scene was hilarious. Even as disgusted as I was that these guys couldn't even just name NHL teams.
0: Yeah. Here's a, here's a significant thing that maybe I don't, I don't want to love baller American listeners in together. But this is a significant thing, and I looked it up while you're talking, and I appreciate you buying the time. Uh, so there's uh, thirty-two teams in the NHL, right? Correct. More than twenty of them have won the Stanley Cup at least once. Mm-hmm. So you just honestly, like, you have a sixty-six percent chance of getting it right, like right now if you're a listener listen like listening to this right now just think of an nhl team odds are they've won it yeah and like (laughs) any way you break it down like if you're like um the original six all six teams in the original six have won it if you're looking at canadian teams the only canadian teams that have not won the stanley cup are the winnipeg jets and the vancouver Canucks. like there's I mean, Kylan. It wasn't Kylan. Who screwed up here? One of them screwed up and said Vegas.
1: Oh, it was David.
0: David says Vegas. The mistake is that the Vegas Golden Knights are just too new, right? Yeah. Like the Seal Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights are too new. But like, it's pretty. This is this. I mean, again, maybe we're Canadian and like too biased and like well too aware of the the comings and goings of the nhl but like to me i thought that was super easy but
1: i just thought just quite simply wherever you're from right in the united states of america there's gotta be an nhl team close to you i'm not saying that you know the team or know anything about the team but you know the team exists right like that shot that's what i'm saying um I thought it was weird though that David said Las Vegas didn't say Golden Knights and then TJ says well they get there all the time which I didn't really know what that meant.
0: Yeah, I mean, strong use of all the time cuz mm-hmm. they had one Stanley Cup final appearance. <laughs> they're only 4 years old. But <laughs> yes. Like all the time strong, but also TJ is Based in Vegas, isn't he? Like, isn't that his Oh possibly, trailer?
1: possibly. Yeah. So
0: I believe he is a Golden Knights fan or That's certainly fair. aware of that. That's fair. Now we gotta we gotta talk about the meat of the episode here.
1: Yes. Well, we didn't did you mention who won? Kylan and Alyssa won.
0: Kylan and Alyssa. They win. Kylan and Alyssa win. And this, you know what? This is a perfect, perfect segue, Sheldon. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about the difference between being smart and having knowledge. Okay. They won because they had knowledge. They had mm-hmm. trivial facts memorized. Okay. They're not smart because they decided to go after Xavier. Mm-hmm. Which I think, and I want to hear what you think about this, I think is the, maybe not the dumbest possible move, but a top three dumb move for them to do
1: way too soon. Way, too, way soon. too soon. You need to be like, he's not thinking of getting rid of you yet. And the other part is that you know the only numbers that are pretty much for sure at this point are like the games that you came in with. So if you're a Big Brother, if you're a Survivor, Like, you got to hold on to that. And they've already gotten rid of, uh, what was homegirl's name? Uh, Who Cinco was carrying? Tiffany. yes, sorry. They already got rid of Tiffany. So you've already been eliminating your big brother numbers, giving more power to Survivor. X might be thinking that at some point you guys are going to shoot your shot, but he's not thinking it's going to come this early. Mm -hmm. Tiffany was obviously doing the most, and so I kind of understood taking that shot. Yeah. X, I don't think was like if he won, he wasn't going to then turn around and try to throw in Kylan or throw in Alyssa. So it wasn't a threat to you. Plus, you're just handing over more power to Tyson and Angela, who have been running the house so far. I thought it was super interesting that conversation that Xavier, Kylan and Alyssa were having because they were kind of tiptoeing around each other for a bit but then blatantly just tell X that they don't trust him because he backstabbed everyone during Big Brother. And he's like, he says, and they're doing the kind of like fake laugh thing because you're nervous, but you're really kind of seriously mm. awkward, if that makes sense. He says, if you want to throw me in, cool, but I'm just going to come back and join Survivor. And he also says it's too soon. And I get it. I do think that it was too soon
0: it was way too soon and I have to point this out Tyson is with Kayla who's amazing race Mm -hmm. so if you throw in Tyson and Kayla you are pissing off no one yeah from the amazing race camp because it's just her and Leo so who cares Mm -hmm. so you're not like getting love island involved right like the survivor people will be mad but they're coming for you anyway so they can't be that mad exactly so you've you cut off the head of the snake you go for tyson and kayla especially because you could argue they didn't really smash it they didn't really kill it on this so you can even you have two justifications you'd be like you guys weren't that great at trivia and also you guys weren't that like you one of you is amazing race and therefore of no use to us, and mm-hmm. the other one of you is clearly the leader and top threat of survivor. The- that's that's, and we even they even have a conversation with Tyson, and like Tyson in confessional like when he realizes they're going for Xavier he's like, oh, if you want to do my job for me? Yeah, go Which- with like. <laughs> talk to- they're missing the point. I mean, the, obviously they're not privy to what Tyson's saying in confessional, but man, like, what an absolute blunder! For no reason. It should be a red
1: flag. And I know, again, we're saying this in hindsight, but it should be a red flag, Tyson's reaction when you bring it up to him. Just like he should have been sniffing around to see what he was going to say. And then same thing for Angela. And, you know, you have to acknowledge that what good does it do you going forward in the house, right? If the team that you're trying to join is not on your side, but you are now showing them how quickly you just turned on people who are supposed to be on your side. Why would you think that Tyson and and Angela are going to trust you long-term?
0: Yeah. Like what it just, uh, I don't want to say the dumbest thing we've ever seen in challenge history, but this is real dumb.
1: I also think, too, the the, we need to clarify, right? Because there's going to be people that are like, wait, but they won, but it worked, but it worked. And it's like, yeah, cool, but you're playing the result, which I get cool results. You play to win the game and you won the game right now, but going forward, you're going to probably need those numbers, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, The other thing I thought that was interesting, though, was as we worked towards, uh, like when they walk into the elimination, Right. And you see that it's a puzzle. Oh, sorry. No, there's one thing I want to ask you before, because I didn't really understand this. When they sit down with Justine and ask them who they want to go against, Justine says she doesn't want to go against Cinco and Shannon. That's obviously because that's their own numbers, right? So that's a smart move for them. Yeah. I'm just pointing this out as another example of how I think we're looking, not. I'm saying the collective we, the viewpoint of the women of Love Island. Because she went in there and she said, oh, I, I would rather go against whoever else. I don't want to go against Cinco. Really, she doesn't want to go against Shannon, right? Like yeah. that's her crew. That's her squad. And you could say whatever you want, but you can only trust the numbers that you're there with. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to to point that out because I know there's a lot of slander going on about the Love Island women. And I Mm -hmm. think that, you know, they, when when it's time to like step up and be forceful and say what you want or try to make a move within the game, like think about Cash last week. We were talking about that. She kind of held it together with her and Dom. I think Justine was doing the work here for her and David in this episode as well. So I just thought that was very interesting on top of going back to what I was going to say, sorry, my apologies. When you walk into the elimination and you see what it is, you see that it's a puzzle. Derek right away is trying to tell Alyssa to not do it because X is great at puzzles. He says, don't do it. Don't do it. She's kind of confused. I'm sticking from the viewpoint that I wouldn't have taken my shot at that point, Mm -hmm. but My overall issue here, and I want to know if you agree. The puzzles that are in the challenge, it's not the same thing as the puzzles that are on Big Brother. What I mean by that is there's a difference between having to put together that puzzle and having to like run over, you know, a hurdle and then like run through water and then put together the puzzle than punching a pane of glass. What I'm, and what I mean by that is your brain, like, you doing the action like your adrenaline is so much more you're punching through a pane of glass and making sure you're not climbing over a glass like it's just more intense it's more of a shock to your system that you then have to like calm down from to relax and put together the puzzle does does that make sense you know like it's just yeah. not the same
0: it's length. it's different parts of your brain boom and i also think like okay Xavier is good at puzzles like let's take Derek at his word I don't know but and we speak about this often on you killed it but the the, it's the game isn't just a puzzle it's like I know puzzle is a component of the game and like this is sort of what you're driving at but we see it like so the competition is called uh smash in puzzle out so you have to smash through these glass walls in a tunnel out the puzzle pieces and then do the puzzle but the panes of glass are color-coded and if the wrong person breaks the wrong glass you get a five second delay for each pane of glasses incorrectly broken mm-hmm. and which they they didn't really get to this they didn't really explain this but one of the challenges of this challenge is that they have so many um the glass is so close together that the first person that punches might accidentally break the second one. Like that's yeah. so like, it's supposed to be about control and like, mm-hmm. precision. and to this point about Derek being like, Oh, Xavier really good at puzzles. The real puzzle is how to navigate the five second challenge. Exactly. That's, there's always like an extra hidden wrinkle in any challenge competition. Mm-hmm. And these big brother people are still thinking in Big brother terms. And like, I'd argue maybe the same is true for survivor people, but Derek is focused so much on the actual sort of Tetris-like puzzle that they have to put together rather than what you're saying. Like, how do you keep your heart rate down? How do you like focus? How do you you work
1: with a partner in an elimination? Yeah. Which isn't a part of Big Brother.
0: What's the best way to get the puzzle pieces out in a quick way? Because like, it all matters, right? Like it all adds up. Um, and we can get into it. Xavier's strategy is to smash every piece of glass himself yeah. and just take the penalty. And it amounts to, I think it was 50 seconds.
1: 50 seconds, yeah.
0: And then uh, David and Justine are more careful. of They do break a few of the wrong panes, but it's because of what I suggested where they punch through one glass and then mm. hit the other one and it breaks. So, like, it, it's more of an accident. So, they only get penalized 10 seconds. Yeah, As you watch this, who did you think was going to win? Like, did you think Xavier's strategy would pay off?
1: I thought it would pay off because I thought that ultimately it would still come down to the puzzle at the end. And David and Justine at no point really looked to be doing anything with confidence. Like they were moving and they were like getting through it, but they weren't doing it with confidence. And at least the way that it was edited it looked like Xavier was like leading the way, like going through super quick, but then they'd cut back and I'm like, oh, they're not that far behind at all. Like it didn't really make that much of a difference in terms of getting through, but then also once everyone got through, you kind of stopped anyways. So that was the yeah. other part that I thought was kind of weird because I thought the way that it would go was, okay, if you speed through, if Xavier speeds through, right? And you mm-hmm. get through before them. Your fifty seconds just starts while they're still finishing.
0: I think That's- that is what happened. I think Xavier. So they were
1: just that close to each other.
0: They were that close, and uh, someone said confessional. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he's Xavier smashing through. But like David and Justine are not that far behind. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not he. It cost them fifty seconds, but he was not more than a minute ahead of them like it wasn't you're banking really heavy on being able to solve the puzzle faster than them in that instance yeah and they instead had a 40 second head start and also like we're in a better headspace they're more calm Mm -hmm. i also this is like we could get really into like psychology and neurology here (laughs) but it, it might make a small difference, but David and Justine, as soon as they're like had, they were through the tunnel and had all their puzzle pieces. They took their helmets off and they had these like protective hoods on. They took yeah. the hoods off, and I think that would make such a a big difference psychologically to have the hood off, to be able to like not be so warm because you're going to be hot in that mm-hmm. like, expanding and just like cooling down physically. Yeah, and yeah. it would also be. A small signal to your brain, the hood is off. We're no longer doing that glass punching thing. We are now solving it. Like it'd just be like maybe a millisecond of difference, but like
1: Yeah. And also just calming yourself down, relaxing, like yeah. your core temperature coming down, like all of these things that are just gonna relax you, even just the slightest. Cause we're talking about difference in seconds. And yeah, it was a 40-second head start. But do we think that you know if you made it even? How much closer would it have been do you know what i mean like how yeah. close were xavier uh to finishing the puzzle do you know what i mean like how close were they because it, it came right down to the wire and even as they were putting it together i still didn't think that david and justine were going to win and it looked like the people watching it live didn't think that they were going to win either it was right? not a
0: blowout it was not yeah. a blowout any stretch I will say there's two other things and like, maybe this comes down to editing. I I don't know, but there's two things that I think I would have done differently, especially if I was Xavier and Champ. And that is as you come out of the tunnel with the pieces, I would have been putting the pieces down, yeah. spread out and trying to sort of start to solve the puzzle. At See? least have it all flat and right side up. Yeah. And then when you have to stand there, cause you know, you're taking a penalty like save your strategy, they know that they're going to be penalized. Mm -hmm. That way, like I said, take off your helmet, take off your hood, and then you can stand and for 50 seconds, analyze the pieces. So maybe when your penalty stops, you just have to basically move the pieces into position rather than solve, you know, and that
1: to me also comes back to an old school challenge, like Johnny bananas, Wes, always trying to figure out a little trick or a little slightest advantage, whatever it is to just kind of cheat the game. They're going to try to do. I feel like that's a thing that those guys would have done, which was come out, kind of put it over, and and start to try to at least place the pieces in somewhat of an order at least have them all flipped onto one side so you could kind of maybe try to guess already what the shape was going to be just a little something and you can be subtle about it right it's not like you had to like actually be putting it together but I wondered about that too because I thought that was very very interesting um but yeah I mean at the end of the day Everyone was stunned that David and Justine won. And Alyssa looked super shook. And I wrote like a long, wow. Cause I, I was stunned. So I thought it was a big move. David's yelling to put some respect on their name. You know, he, he's talking a big game. Uh, X and Shan are done. Shan's mad, but I get it. She lost. And you know what? I'm going to go to, cause I think like, you know, the line of the episode is X, right? But I got a couple of things from X here that I kind of want to read out here because I even thought it was very interesting that when it was announced that, hey, we're throwing in X and Shan, they looked shocked. But the confessional from X, he's like, Kylan, 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 you don't really know how to win these games, do you? And neither does Alyssa. Are you playing to win or are you playing to get even? Because that's where we differ. I play to win. And listen, they won this round. And yeah, you got even, I guess, with Kyle with a X, I guess. You got even, I guess. But are you putting yourself in a position to win the game? Because when my guy's out, the actual line of the episode, right? There's, he goes on a a wild tangent here. And I want to break this down with you. I'm assuming that this is your line of the episode as well. Oh, no, you said your line of the episode. So I'm I'm going to. I'm going to give mine and I'm going to like put some parts in here for you to uh, just jump in at any point. Okay. So he starts off by saying, this is Xavier, by the way, quote, I played big brother 23 and I backstabbed everyone and they're all petty bitches about it. My question to you, John, should they be happy about it? (laughs) (laughs) like what do you think the reaction should be about it anyways he continues that's why Tyson and the rest of the Survivor crew are going to take y'all out because you don't have any backup I think that he is correct at that point then he continues with the line of the episode which is I'm still rich y'all still broke and y'all are stupid
0: (laughs) I don't I thought that uh line was unnecessarily aggressive but he's he's right you know like
1: he okay here's the thing right unnecessarily aggressive cool he also seemed very awkward in delivering it so i almost wonder like if he took a couple takes or something because that didn't really it seemed kind of out of character and i don't know enough about him never watched the episode that season of big brother so i don't know but i mean He did seem kind of very braggadocious about it, which doesn't really seem like him. And was it Desi that was talking about their group chat? (laughs) And how spicy it gets. And and she's like, I'm going to guess that he's not going to be in it when we all get out of the house and get to our phones. I mean, I thought that was pretty funny, but the actual nature of what he's talking about is you guys are petty. I get that you guys are still mad about what happened in big brother, but like, you didn't need to do this move right now, and again, he's going home, still rich, and they still got a ways to go to not be broke.
0: <laughs> he, and I don't I know mean, if they're
1: stupid. I mean, a stupid move, for sure. I don't think it was a good move. but we'll
0: I don't see. think it was a good move at all. I think I've been clear about that. But like, I think the most telling moment is in confessional. Alyssa is really proud of herself, and she says. You know, I just sent home the winner of Big Brother 23. What's the problem with that, Sheldon? What's the problem with that sentence and that concept? That
1: you get absolutely nothing for that. You get a participation ribbon,
0: maybe? Alyssa, you're not on uh, Big Brother 23. It's true. Big Brother 23 is over. You're on the Challenge USA. Your goal should be to win the Challenge USA. Mm -hmm. eliminating the winner big brother 23 doesn't necessarily win it for you so and like like you said i know we might have some listeners that are like oh well david and justine won mission accomplished xavier is gone shan's gone like shan was drama like you know big win no they won the battle but they're gonna lose the war at this rate you know like survivor is gonna keep picking them off to be frank trivia might be the only competition that you could be confident that tyson was going to lose he didn't win it and they missed their chance to get rid of him this is a very different looking game if they took advantage of this opportunity we also have to point out it was i mean it's sort of implied in everything we've said but kylan and alyssa that was an all big brother pairing so this should have been a Huge opportunity for Big Brother to make a power move, and they just they just missed it. I mean, I'm going to say it right now: my LVPS of the episode mm. are Alyssa and Kylan. Wow. Okay. I think like, like this is a huge blunder, and I also can't say that like anyone particularly won, right? Like,
1: well, I'm going to say that Tyson is my MVP of the episode, and he didn't even do anything. But just by sitting back, like his biggest contribution was his dumb line about picking uh, Kayla that he would pick her and she has a wise looking face or whatever the heck he said (laughs) that made no sense. But other than that, my guy didn't do anything. And the confessional he had when Kylan and Alyssa are telling him about their plan to take out X and he's like, wait. Is someone playing a joke on me? Like (laughs) this couldn't work out any better. Like (laughs) He's sitting there winning right now and he didn't even have to do anything. He didn't have to win the challenge. He didn't even have to suggest, hey, why don't you get these people out? He did absolutely nothing and is still running and controlling the house and having the numbers of his adversaries go down.
0: Yeah. And uh, I mean, we haven't even explored this yet. But, like, okay, Derek will be happy about this. But will the remaining members of the cookout be happy about this? Mm -hmm. We'll find next week. But to your point, not only does it appear that Tyson has no blood on his hands, he has no blood on his hands whatsoever. None. He was – they are just like, yeah, we're thinking of doing this. He's like, okay, cool.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And now they're bigger targets. They're bigger targets. I think it was Angela that was saying this, right? They're bigger targets – in the house than, than they are, than Angela and Tyson are. So I don't know, Kylan doing too much, man, doing too much.
0: I mean, we were told that Kylan will do too much and here he true, is. True,
1: true. See, I'm, this sorry, is I, why I, we take the comments and questions from the peoples. Right?
0: I am sorry that I can't remember which listener said that because it was weeks ago, but my, my mentions are as always a dumpster fire. not because of you killed it listeners but because of my job so (laughs)
1: yes yes but that's why we read the comments because you know you guys give us great insights we're the clowns in front of the mics that recorded and all that fun stuff but this conversation is about everybody joining in and sharing their comments and sharing information about what's going on on this show because there's so many moving pieces so many moving plot lines and yeah i mean I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. They definitely upped the gameplay here by making this move. While I don't think it was a smart move, it was an entertaining
0: move. It was certainly a move. Uh, Speaking of social media comments, where can the good people find you on social media?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Again, wherever you get the podcast, just Rate us, review us, bless us with a like, hit us with a comment, whatever it is. A simple like is how you support the movement that is a podcast, by the way. So we appreciate that. YouTube page, for sure, we're there. You Killed It podcast, On Blast Network, all that fun stuff. Hit us up.
0: And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Jay Chidley Hill. Hasn't changed. Still <laughs> just a trash social media brand. That's how I do I was at a party on Sunday. And I was telling someone that the goal of my social media is to make people think that I'm dumb. Mixed results. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just dumb. Oh. And, and happy Caribana to <laughs> those yes. serving. And if you live in Toronto, also happy Simcoe Day. Mm-hmm. And until next week, this was you killed it. You killed it.